Warning, the following podcast contains violent scenes that may be unsettling to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Changing the Lost Vanity. Vanity is a first edition Chronicles of Darkness game set in southern Florida during the year 1993. Father Katrina, played by Tillman, Raymond, played by Chris, Isabel, played by Andrew, Frank, played by Slavic, and Adam as the storyteller as they uncover the mysteries of the true fae and forge new paths for themselves in a world of beauty and madness. Follow us on Twitter at twin underscore cities underscore VTM for channel updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. I'm going to cut back to Isabel and Frank and Manny. About an hour has passed. There's now quite a few changelings in the parking lot of this beach. One car shows up and full of four people. Another car shows up full of four people. And it just seems like this almost like block party forming of changelings. And the concentration of, of summer changelings are just leaving this, this heat in the air. They're leaving this tinge of aggression. I feel like um, after a while, you know, with the, there's such a big gathering that uh, she would eventually like start giving into that, you know, because she is summer court, you know, it's one of those things she, again, kind of put off by the, uh, the whole scenario to begin with, but like the atmosphere is hard for her to deny, you know, she really like, like it gets her worked up too, you know what I mean? Even though she's not like a physically confrontational person, it's still something where like she, she just feeds off that energy you know absolutely it's a it's an internal thing it, it's it's just something that you can feel inside you something that you can feel in the air it, there's definitely something going on around here and even probably mortals that would be in the presence of this might feel some of the effects of having such a large congregation of summer people together i also just want to mention frank and isabel you guys are noticing something different about the atmosphere right now Something has definitely changed since everybody began congregating in the parking lot. It's almost like what Manny was talking about, about needing the weird to be on your side. The weird recognized whatever Manny had asked Norma to do, and being something that favors a good story, it obliges. And there's this certain atmosphere that you guys are feeling right now. And you can certainly see it on everybody else's face as they get revved up for the hunt. You guys are are feeling this summer energy as this summer court block party is basically in full swing in the parking lot of this beach right now. It probably would get a little bit of attention of of, uh, passersby, seeing all these people together, seemingly knowing each other, seemingly together for a purpose. Somebody would probably call the police eventually to have them come check it out or and you know people passing by would just be like is this like a gang thing going on but it just doesn't fucking matter right now. A black limousine pulls up into this parking lot. It's directly in between Manny's SUV and the Jeep that was second to arrive. You see the passenger side door open up in this large grotesque man steps out. He's clearly a changeling. He's a very grotesque looking ogre. His face looks all mangled and torn, but the thing that sticks out the most when you notice him is the massive hole 
through his chest where you can see straight through to the other side. It's just an empty space. He opens the the back seat door of the car and an older man steps out. Man is finely dressed. He wears a, a white suit. He has his hair combed back very neatly. He is clearly a changeling, but his mien is very subtle. Manny steps out of the crowd and standing at the the edge of this mass of other changelings, he basically faces off with this man. Grandfather Thunder, Ivan, pleasure to see you both again. Grandfather Thunder takes a look around, seemingly pleased. You've got quite the turnout, Emmanuel. The grotesque ogre next to him just staring daggers at, at Manny. I can see your court has gotten smaller. He looks over at Frank and Isabel, not really caring, not really trying to be subtle about looking at them. She's not um, like she's not saying anything. She's not speaking up or anything like that. This man has a he has a certain authority about his about himself. You can tell when he steps out of the car that he's some figure of importance. You probably would know just from hearsay and just from hearing grandfather, the name Grandfather Thunder uttered that that is the Grandfather Thunder King of the Miami Summer Court. And beside him is a much feared changeling, a changeling who has accumulated a lot of of stories and and legends about about his his past deeds and actions. You know him as Deathless Ivan, a large grotesque man who never smiles, cold as ice. The two of them sort of look around a little bit, and Manny's just like looking kind of at a loss, not sure what to say. And he goes, should we speak in private? Very much, Emmanuel. I would like that. Step inside the car for a little bit. Ivan sort of stares Manny down and opens the door for him trying to also convey at the same time that he's not trying to show Manny any respect. He's doing what Grandfather Thunder has asked him to do. And Frank and Isabel, you guys see Manny just disappear into this limousine backseat. The window is so heavily tinted, you can't make out what's going on inside there at all. It doesn't go anywhere. It's, it stays exactly where it's parked. And what's going on in your guys' head is you guys you know, stand together amidst all these other summer court changelings and you know that there's something going on right now between Manny and Grandfather Thunder. Frank is, well, he's probably heard about Grandfather Thunder if Manny's ever talked about him or anything. So uh, I think that Frank would be sort of like, his opinion would be turned against him to a degree. Like he wouldn't see Grandfather Thunder as like a, good person which i assume manny doesn't like him either so the his opinion mirrors that of manny's for the most part isabel is um you know she's she's not um she's just full of so uh, so much uncertainty right now so like she's not trying to um really bring any sort of attention to herself from all these people again she felt kind of out of place but she's still caught up in that like that hype from everything and so like it's like something's happening she's just waiting for what you know and about five minutes go by the door opens back up manny gets out and ivan and father 
Grandfather Thunder drive off. Another five minutes passes, and Norma, along with Katrina and Clyde, arrive at the beach. Norma kind of like skittishly, slowly pulls into a, a tight parking space, and she gets out and just immediately rushes over to Manny. Manny pulls Norma in and hugs her. Oh, thank God you're here, Norma. Okay, I think we're ready. Norma's motioning for Katrina and Clyde to to step forward. Uh, Frank and Isabel, you guys see Katrina again. She's wearing ill-fitting clothes and she's torn up. <laughs> um, you know that that sounds about right. John, the large ogre who was the the first to meet with with Frank and Isabel, he leans over to Isabel and he says, "Will you ride with us?" Uh, okay. She looks a little bit nervous, like, like, uh, like, she, I don't know what's happening, you know? She doesn't know what we're about to do. She doesn't know where we're going. So she's just kind of like, uh, you know? And as, as this is happening, Manny just starts to like shout out over the, over the commotion, over all this rowdiness. Okay. We're ready to ride out. We're going to split up into groups and we're all going to meet at the train station. We're going down into the tunnel where Melissa's hollow was. You need to be ready. What I saw down there was strong. It killed one of us almost instantly. And you see like there's like seriousness in the face of the crowd. You probably even see just like a, a mortal bystander just going like, what the fuck? Like, it's just like some weird LARP shit going on right now. But it doesn't fucking matter because you guys feel that the hunt is on. You guys feel that the weird is calling out the swamp daddy this creature, this target, and you guys will find it. Get Cars begin it. starting up. Okay. You see the, the rowdiness kind of like ensuing as like cars and, and motorcycles are just like burning rubber in the parking lot. And this is just like getting turned up to 11 right now. as just like people are just shouting, just slamming on the sides of their car as they drive out of the parking lot. This is a war band right now of, of, barbarians that are are out for blood manny hearing john ask you you and frank if if you'll ride with them he gives you a nod of just like go ahead like it doesn't matter we'll all be down there together doesn't matter if you're if you're miami or fort lauderdale this is a bigger problem and i thank you all for for joining me today on the hunt and like there's clapping there's cheering and yeah people are just ripping out of the parking lot okay I think Frank would probably join in with like all the cheering and you know just being merry and stuff, just, just getting swept up in all of this. Yeah, there's a definite like ruckus going on, and it's contagious. It absolutely is. Like everybody's feeling it now. Katrina's gonna go to Isabel. Like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> it's it's complicated. You look uh, well, extremely tired. I barely slept. And she you can tell she's like nervous and just like this is this is a lot, you know. John yeah. drives by in a convertible, like a red convertible that's a, a little bit beat up. It's it's not super nice. And you see Frog and Goose in the in the back seat and he's just like pile in, we have room for more. So yeah, I guess we're going, right? You guys arrive at this train station. 
and there's there's it's in full swing there's basically like people that are still around it's daytime at this point probably three o'clock four p.m latest and like i said before it just doesn't really seem to matter though when you guys arrive at the train station you're not the first it seems like people are just starting to people have been there and people are starting to arrive there and once everybody is there it's like everybody is just jumping into action People are taking out weapons from their trunks, things like bats, chains, knives, pipes. You see a man pick up a a duffel bag and sort of like hurl it onto the ground. And another goes over and unzips it and looks inside. John leans over. That's cold iron in that bag. I would not even touch that if you asked me. He spits. You never introduced me to your friend. And he looks back at uh, Katrina. And offers out his hand. Uh, Katrina shakes it like, awkwardly. He kisses it. She smiles with uh, with her lips, but not with her eyes. Like, <laughs> haha, charming. <laughs> and yeah, he smiles. You guys are starting to see people just jumping down into the tunnel, the train tunnel. Just one after another, just jumping down. And you see flashlights turning on. And you see mortal onlookers just kind of looking like, what the fuck? All right, we should go. We have to be quick. And John, Goose, and Frog all get out of the car, and they motion for you to follow. And it's like this just group, this just mass of people just jumping down into the train track. And people who are looking down, they they don't they they can't really like like figure out like what this is. They're just like, is this like a protest? Is this a what is it? And you can you hear the commotion, but it doesn't matter. And you guys all march side by side through this tunnel. Frank, you've been in this tunnel. It's all starting to rush back to you, these feelings. Seeing Melissa's skull crushed up against the concrete wall. Seeing that that rancid duffel bag pulled out of a of a crawl space, just swarming with flies and smelling of death. But you still feel the desire to press on. Something is different. Something in Katrina, you feel yourself as the cause of this. And it's not something you need acknowledgement for. It's not something you need anybody to mention because you know it to be true. The hunt is on because you did it and because Norma did it. The three of you walk side by side, surrounded by flashlight lights and other changelings. What's going on in all of your heads? You got you guys the three of you are together right now for the first time in many sessions, I wanna say. I think that Isabel is probably um reassured. Um having all the like, you know, despite the scenario, uh all everyone here, you know, that's and all these other people, like, okay, you know, she feels less like vulnerable. So she's just kind of like there's still that uncertainty, but you know, it's also just just at the very least, there's there's other people here with her. And the minutes pass as you guys walk in unity, just feeling that there is strength in numbers. Frank, you looking ahead can see Manny ahead of this entire pack. And he stops at the hole in the wall where Melissa's hollow starts. It's through here. One at a time. Nobody gets stuck. And he's directing the traffic. And people are just piling in to this hole. Suddenly. The three of you are next in queue to go through this portal 
so to speak, this curtain that separates you from the hedge right now, you from a, a hollow. And then suddenly, Katrina, it's your turn to step inside. Yeah, I think Katrina is, while very overwhelmed with the situation, she feels like the uh, the obligation to follow, like her friends are on the line. And basically, this is a this is like a group promise uh, across courts, even across freeholds, even. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, and across courts, I mean both. But yeah, so you step inside, and immediately you just see like all these other changelings just just working through the this labyrinth like small space into the big opening that is the crow people's hollow. The two of you are right behind Katrina and I'm assuming you follow suit and go inside. Yeah. Frank, when you're inside there, what are you feeling returning to this place of such horror? Uh I think Frank is sort of trying to hype himself up. Like at this point if anyone talked to him he'd probably like growl or something. Just just like really getting into sort of killing mode, you know, just, just like you, being absolutely on edge. Absolutely. And you do feel this bestial energy coming over yeah. you. And it's it's a, a shared hysteria that everybody in this hollow is feeling. And there's all this chanting and all this jeering and howling and just just people just yelling and just just hitting stuff and just they're just getting so hyped up inside of this this room that's not like big enough to to contain this amount of people but it works isabel when you step inside you feel the chill of the of the hedge you feel the the foreign nature of this place the the alien nature of it at the same time you're still feeling the the animosity and the pent up aggression that the summer court is bringing with them into this place it's like even if you are scared you feel like the energy of this room, everybody's pissed enough that this just might be possible. Everybody's pissed enough that you could accomplish anything. Okay. You hear the the taunts and the aggression of the, the changelings that are inside this place. Come out! Come out, you bastard! You just hear just people just shouting, just, just taunts. And then finally, a, a growl just echoes throughout the throughout the hollow and you just see just small bits of, of building begin to begin to crumble off one of the walls. And it's just slowly just, just thumps and more debris falls off and it thumps and more debris falls off. And the people who are standing closest to this, you see the fear in their eyes. You see them holding their weapons tight, just unsure of what happens next. And with a violent crashing, the wall breaks open, and Frank, you recognize the beat-up winter jacket of the Swamp Daddy. It's, it's arm reaching through the wall and just grabbing one of the changelings. And he starts screaming, and immediately, though, others just sort of surround, and they're trying to, trying to thrash their weapons at the arm to try to get it to break free, and it does. And he stumbles backwards into the group, just, just bumping into everybody in fear. And the wall starts to fully crumble away as the Swamp Daddy pulls himself through. There's a, a wretchedness about his presence. He just reeks of foulness and inhumanness 
and the weird. Frank, you, you see him again, and the empty eyes of this sewn-together Halloween mask seem to be facing you. Frank charges. Fuck yeah. You know, he probably shouts like a war cry, you know? Some sort of guttural sound, like, Rah! Frank, one die, plus dex, plus composure. Okay, so that's an eight. Okay, fuck yeah. You actually did better than the Swamp Daddy. Are you gonna make, like, are you gonna try to just all out, like, attack him? Yeah, just absolutely. Let me first roll for my Noonday Grasp. Let me see the roll here. Stamina plus Brawl plus Mantle. You know, an all-out attack will give you plus two to your Brawl or Weaponry attack. Yep. You should lose your defense. Yeah. Five plus this is eight. So first thing I'm rolling is for my uh, Noonday Grasp, which gives me extra strength. I used a Willpower Point for this. So I have four extra strength. So eight plus three is 11 plus two is 13 plus three is 16. Okay. So I'm going to be rolling 16 dice to attack the swamp daddy. Well, hold on. You subtract defense. Oh, right. The value of, of the defense is going to be six. Oh, it's still four successes. I don't Frank, just describe that to me, like what your what your like attack just looks like as you yeah. rush up to him I feel and like just rock him. Frank just rushes up to him, you know, he just goes down, puts his heads together, and just bashes his head, you know, bashes the top of the And you you just like you hear this crack as you just let down on it on his head like full capacity, and everybody just screams cheering. And you just rev up like everybody just you shake the, the guy who got grabbed out of this sense of fear. And he just rushes up like right beside you. And he swings the bat at, at Swamp Daddy right in between the, the head and the shoulder blade area. Hell yeah. Swamp Daddy takes a hit and he's, he seems kind of shaken from just this just massive force that you've just like unloaded on him. And then this guy sort of like whacks him in this this area right here, and he recoils a little bit and falls back. And he just turns and just blindly swings, and it catches another changeling. Neither of you two, but it catches another changeling and sends him hurling back towards the wall. This incites the crowd even more, though. And now others are just just rushing forward, just just not even caring. And the swamp daddy just just is just blindly swinging and you see that like these hits are hard these hits are making people spit up blood they're making people fly back into the wall and and cause it to to crack and crumble this is a tough motherfucker but he doesn't have he doesn't seem to have any kind of like intelligence he just he just seems to just be reacting just trying to just just hurt whatever is in front of him the the battle becomes a little bit hectic. It becomes a little bit confusing. There's people just rushing, you know, past each other, and you see the the swamp daddy who who stands about seven and a half, eight feet tall. You can see him, 
you know, past the mass of people, but it's very hard to make out what's actually going on. It's like if you've ever been, like if you've ever witnessed just like a a, a crazy like fight and there's like a lot of people just jumping in and getting involved and you can't really see like what's actually happening. All you just see is a mass of people and movement. Katrina, I need you to give me uh, wits and composure. All right. I have four dice. I have one success. In the heat of this battle, in the confusion, in the mass amount of movement and bodies just, just going back and forth, you see this, this shine of metal that catches your eye. And in a, a brief flicker, you see Raymond swinging down on the Swamp Daddy, doing like a kind of like running by, like swiping like attack with the axe that he used to defend you in the hedge. And just after that, he, he disappears into a crowd. You don't see him any longer. But you're thinking to yourself, was that Raymond? Uh, I think she's going to yell out, like, yell out his name, even though in the confusion uh, and the war cries and cries of pain and whatnot, it will, will probably drown out. But she's trying to look for him. He appears to be lost in the crowd at this point. You, you no longer see him. But you're sure of it. It was him and the axe. It makes perfect sense. This battle ensues with people just taking blows at the Swamp Daddy. I mean, there's so many people that there's enough to just bury him. He's very strong. He's able to break free when, when people try to hold him down. But after a while, after maybe 15 minutes or so of intense, violent combat, the Swamp Daddy seems to be weakened. And he drops down to his knees. The crowd starts to kind of back up away from him. And you see the you see the the black duffel bag that was thrown onto the ground in the parking lot earlier, and somebody just throws it into the middle, and a changeling comes out of the crowd and unzips the bag, and he takes this this baton out, and it just seems to be like a crude bar with just a lot of of just wrapping around the handle, and he even takes a a, a big electrical glove and he puts it on before he handles it. And he holds it up, and he points it at the Swamp Daddy. And then Manny steps forward from the crowd. They both look at each other, and Manny reaches into the bag and takes a, a glove for himself. He puts it on, and he takes another rod similar to the other one, just thick, thick metal bar out of the, out of the bag. The other man nods to Manny, and Manny steps forward. The Swamp Daddy right now is on his knees, He's kind of like writhing, trying to trying to break free and maybe like attack again, but he's totally weakened at this point. The parts of his clothing that are ripped, there's nothing underneath it. It's almost like uh, the Invisible Man, you know. Like if it wasn't for the clothing, you wouldn't see anything. It's just like when when the part of his jacket gets torn away, there's there's no arm there to take its place. It's just being filled by God knows what, spectral almost. Manny holds the rod straight out, facing the Swamp Daddy, and just with one swift blow, he cracks it across the skull. The head rolls off, and you see the, the figure just, just turn into a, a, a pile of clothing, twigs, cotton, stuffing, also full of just other animal parts, possibly entrails. 
rotten, terrible things just just take the place of what was this. And everybody just begins cheering in this, this tiny room. You see a, a few men get underneath Manny and they, they hold him up. Like, you know, they get underneath him and they, they pull him up and they're kind of just like, like celebrating him. And this, the energy is insane right now. Everybody is just screaming. It's, it's so loud, louder than you could have ever imagined in this room. But it's, it doesn't matter. First of all, it's the hollow and nobody outside can hear this. But either way, it wouldn't matter. Because this is something that just trumps all the mortal bullshit. And the group is is kind of like just, just raising Manny up. And he throws the bar down, like, just get it away from me. But he's still wearing the glove. And you see, and he can't help but smile as these people just are, are just praising him. And you just see like people arm in arm, just people just celebrating inside of this hollow over their victory and just chanting and just raising weapons in the air. Katrina, you feel a hand on your shoulder. She turns. You're now face to face with Raymond. Yeah, her her mouth like gapes open and she stares at him like dumbfounded for a little. Just smiling at you. You know, I saw you earlier at Norma's house. You followed the call. I did. I knew you'd do something amazing like this. I always knew you would. You inspire all of us, Katrina. You really do. <laughs> she kind of looks away. Uh-huh. You've inspired me to to go out and have the courage to to try to find my daughter again. You've inspired everybody. Uh, I don't really know what to say. <laughs> Listen, it's okay. I just want you to know that the reason I'm here right now is because you've given me the strength to be here. I don't think I'm going to hang around. I just, um, look, I just, I just wanted to say something before I go. I really do wish you all the best. What Norma says is true. Maybe someday you will see it about yourself. And it's okay that it's not right now, but I'm just, well, I did promise Manny I would come back. And he kind of chuckles. Yeah, uh, what are you going to do about that? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'll be back to deal with this another time. I'm feeling inspired now, and I feel like I would be amiss if I didn't I didn't act on it. So I'm gone again. Just, uh, just glad I could be here for this. And just glad that I can call you a friend. Take care of yourself, Katrina. And he kind of turns around and just sort of like slips into the crowd. People start to exit the hollow. They're carrying with them this this just feeling of triumph, this feeling of accomplishment. And everybody marches in unison back out of the of the train tunnel and back into the parking lot. At this point, there's a few uh, cop cars there. You see like a few changelings kind of like arguing with police and the police just trying to disperse people. Frank, what's going on in your head right now? I think Frank's just almost like absolutely exhausted like he's probably gonna faint and go unconscious any minute isabel what's going on in your mind right now she is it's like a mixture of emotion so on one hand you know there's this sense of resolution to this right all this crap that was happening but on the other like that that wasn't the only thing out there 
you know, she knows there's something else, you know, she know it will come after her. So like, she's still like, you know, got that, that feeling of, uh, uh, you know, unease. So she's kind of like a mixture of like, like, she's like, okay, yeah, that's great. We won and all, but like, it's not done. Yeah. And Isabel is, she's somebody that understands this. She, she saw something, not the swamp daddy and whatever the swamp daddy was, was not a true fae. These other people are happy. They're feeling very accomplished about themselves, but they don't know. They have no idea. Frank, Manny finds you. He finds you and Isabel, and he's like, come on, guys, let's get out of here. Mm-hmm. Keep it together, Frank. We're almost done. We're getting out of here now. Has anybody seen Katrina? And he's just like looking around. We'll see her. We'll meet her on the outside. Let's just go. And he's kind of just like pushing you guys through, just trying to get out of the hollow. At the mention of Katrina, you know, she'll look around for her. You guys see her. You're able to find her in the crowd, and everybody's together right now. Okay, as long as she's, as long as we spot her, then like, okay, I'm comfortable with continuing. I, <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, anybody see? If he didn't see her, where is she? Is she lost? You know, that kind of thing. You know, immediate concern. But once she spots her, then okay. Manny looks and he smiles at the three of you. He puts his arms around each of the girls. And Frank, you are lumbering beside him, ready to pass out at any moment. And you guys make your way out of the tunnel. You make your way into the, the sunlight of Fort Lauderdale. Things feel okay for right now. And you're all together. You're not really sure what the future is going to hold, but you know that whatever it is, it might be possible if you guys are able to, if you guys are able to stay together as a group, as a family. You know that you have the capability to overcome anything. And that's it. That wraps our chronicle of Changeling the Lost, Vanity. Oh, no shit. Oh. Yeah, I would like to do an epilogue session maybe at some point, um, just <coughs> yeah. kind of like an afterwards. But um, I think that's it, you guys. Cool. Season two, one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sorry, I know um I know I kind of left it uh not really answering everything, but okay, uh, certain times you don't really get to know everything. Yeah. And um who knows, maybe more questions will be answered later somehow, but uh I really just want to thank you guys for playing this game with me. Um it's been like really awesome and I like really appreciate you guys. You're awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fun. I I've enjoyed it. And uh, I am glad that you had the courage to run this on the channel. Oh, yeah. That was our first game ever, right? Yes, definitely. Damn, um, you killed it. Yeah. Well, oh, hello again, folks. I'd like to tell you about the Facebook group we run called White Wolf and Onyx Path RPGs Gameplay and Media. Have you ever wished you could have an easy way to find gameplay videos and podcasts or just media in general that deals with your favorite White Wolf role-playing games? Or have you ever wished you could find a forum to share gameplay that you have recorded? One that won't be drowned out by random posts and discussions so that your media could give the attention you deserve. The group is specifically run with the sole intent of it being a one-stop shop for people to view or share media involving the games we all love. 
We take thorough steps to ensure the page does not become cluttered and is easy to traverse. The group is already immense and continuing to rapidly grow, with new media being shared every day. Stop on by. We hope to see you there.